You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> going on guys welcome to another episode of pure pleasure with dewey halpas on equal vision records and sound talent media i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week is a two episode week this is the second episode of the week analyze from the vons they're a new signing to equal vision records they're a great band and i was stoked to have her on to chat about uh you know the formation of the band her musical history things like that. So it was great to chat with Anna and I, I'm stoked for you guys to hear this. So uh, let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. So Peer Pleasure Podcast is the website. It's got all the episodes. It's got all the merch. Everything is right there. If you tell someone about the show, just send them to peerpleasurepodcast.com. They will find everything they need. Um, if they don't, they can email me at peerpleasurepod at gmail.com and you know, guest ideas, questions comments anything like that just want to chat I've people send me stories um you know personal stories it, it, the emails have been awesome lately I will say um you know very thoughtful things and I really appreciate getting those and I, I find it very flattering that people are sending so much stuff and it's it's awesome it's awesome to know people are engaged you know with with great uh focused reviews and comments and things like that it's been a blast to see. Uh, join the Facebook group. At, it's at Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle on Facebook. You can search it in the search bar. It's a private group, but we'll let you in. Um, and you can start communicating that way with other members of the group. Um, there's a couple hundred people in there now. And you get access to who's coming on next, who just came on, who's coming up. 
things like that. You get everything early. Um, and speaking of early, if you join the premium, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm, that is where you get access to the videos of the episodes. You get everything the day it comes out. So if I chat with someone at three o'clock in the afternoon, by about five o'clock in the afternoon, you'll have access to that instead of waiting a month and a half. You get access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast, which is a second podcast I started with other podcasters where we go through and tell stories about their favorite episodes of the show. So everything Peer Pleasure is in there. It's the ultimate. It's the the most I can give you without just showing up myself and hanging out and, and you know doing a podcast in your living room. Um, but it's it's awesome. A lot of people are enjoying it. We've got a lot of people signing up already. Um, but I appreciate every one of you guys who signed up and, uh, yeah, like I say, every week, more people listen to the show. It's crazy. Uh, the chart position's growing. Everything is growing. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Continue to tell your friends about the show, continue to, uh, you know, spread with word of mouth, reviewing, rating, subscribing, all that stuff. Um, it really helps. So, uh, let's jump right into this one, guys. It's Thursday. It's the second episode of the week. It is Analyze from the Vons. this this i've only been doing this zoom thing for a little while and uh i was always doing them on the phone before this and and uh there's all these like settings in here i don't know how often you use zoom but for the longest time i was doing this gallery view th- or not gallery but speaker view thing so it would click back and forth and it's super annoying and oh, uh, finally figured that out and now yeah. now i'm trying some actual lights in here which make it look a little better <laughs> I don't know if you've been in the EVR office in Portland, but it's uh, it's very bright in here, but it doesn't do anything for the computer unless it's like right in front of your face. So, oh no, no, I haven't been out there yet. But oh, okay, that's, it looks very bright. You got like a nice plant in the background. Dude, Matthew Gordner, man, he's got plants everywhere. <laughs> that's <laughs> good. It's literally covered in plants every, everywhere you look. There's a wall of plants that separates him from uh, the other desks. That's pretty awesome as well. <laughs> 
Do you feel like it makes like a, a positive impact though? Uh, yeah, I can't tell which ones are fake and which ones are real. I haven't really <laughs> like, I haven't really like, uh, felt them at all. I don't touch them or I go over to the refrigerator and then like set up all my stuff here. And then, uh, but I know some of them are fake, but it definitely helps with the, the fresh ambiance. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Definitely a daytime office. When I'm here at night doing stuff, like it's nine o'clock where you are at six o'clock here. If I'm in here doing a West coast one at like nine at night, the windows have no shit. Like it's just, there's a, a homeless camp out front. Oh, wow. And then across the street is a like a pallet house, like organized homeless camp that has like doctors and stuff and bathrooms. Wow. But when it's dark, everyone's just screaming. There's like cars hitting stuff, like sirens, <laughs> trains, everything. And oh I've got all God. these like bright, fresh plants. And the whole building next door has just a full view of everything I'm doing the in here. Error happening outside your windows. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. A few times people are like, Are you okay? Yeah, it's just on the second floor. We're good. Oh my god. No rocks yet, but that's, that's, that's something. <laughs> I can't get working in an environment like that. That's... <laughs> it's cool. It's all of Portland. You can't go anywhere in Portland anymore without having stuff like that going on, like a, a garbage fire going on out front of your building. Like it's they made it legal so you can camp anywhere. So oh there's gosh. a full-on RV out front that's been there for like three weeks now. So like people are just wherever, like by my house, there's just tents everywhere and garbage and it's just rough. So yeah. I've, I've yet to go to Portland, but pretty much all I know um, is like through Portlandia, which is like probably one of my favorite like comedy TV shows of all time. Yeah. This just feels like a Portlandia skit in the making. Like what you're telling me just feels like something that would be on that show. So it's yeah. just like, I have a very limited idea of Portland, but it's just like <laughs> iterating what I want it to be in my heart. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Cause like, so I've only seen like two episodes of that show. I don't, what? well, I, I don't, I don't have IFC. So like if okay. it's on a streaming service, I'll have to watch it. But I watched the one where, they talk about the eggs, like, are, are these eggs free range or whatever? And they take them to the farm. Yeah. That's Portland, 100%. That's my, oh. that's my house. Like, it's crazy. But like the, the, the one with Danzig, I watched that one where he's on the beach and he's selling like billabong shirts and like they're all gothed yeah. out on the beach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. yeah I need to watch it, I guess. I will have to let you know if I can find it. I, I don't remember how I watched it, but uh, yeah, you should. It's especially if you're from Portland. I would love to get like a real Portland person's perspective on it because I'm just like some East Coast kid and I just <laughs> found it to be the funniest thing in the world. But I I don't know. I know nothing. So. Oh, man. I've, you, know, you can't say that, but you can you you I'll definitely give you a, a rundown of okay. Portlandia. Um, okay. Are you are you recording on your end then? I am not yet, but I will press record. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I just start this. I just start this thing when we when we start. Like, oh, okay. I don't do. I do Bye. an intro later, like weeks down the road when it comes out. I'll do an intro and and tell everyone who you are and everything else. I've just never done the other way. Like, I'm never just like, all right, here we go. Like, it just seems yeah. cheesy to me. So like, <laughs> I never did it, and I just did it separately. 
no, it's, it's fine. It, we've been doing like a lot of these. Cause I feel like it's, it's one of the only things we can do is like promotion right now. So it's just funny because everyone has like a different take. So it's like one person's like, you talk for five minutes and then they're like, okay, now we're going to start the interview for real. And you're like, Whoa, like I was just telling you about my childhood. I yeah. thought we were already in this. And exactly. then other people just roll. And it's like, <laughs> well, it's oh really trippy. Like I never know like what it's going to, what it's going to be when we hop on. I guess I should start telling people, I don't know. I just like, I, I don't know. I figure if people have listened to the show, they know what it's about, but like uh, True. a lot of people haven't. So I can't assume. <laughs> I will say that I have listened just oh, to sweet. get some brown, but I, I really have. I'm, I'm act, like actually a big fan of your podcast. So I'm oh, excited. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry it took so long to get this scheduled too. It's just been so crazy. Like I have, I'll reach out to so many people when things are like, it's feast or famine with a podcast and this is completely yeah. off topic, but I'll reach out to a bunch of people and hear nothing back. And then all of a sudden they just start falling into place. And then I'm like, okay. I've got three kids, wife at home, like I'm off work, but still my time is like needed there. So I'm like, all right, can I do five podcasts this week? And it's like, what? Okay, fine. You know, so I'm like, I'm dropping them in, dropping them in, dropping them in. And then like, I'd already reached out about dates and things like that. And it just, it's, an, it's crazy. So now we're in the feast mode. So <laughs> that's how it totally works. Totally always like that. It's like all or nothing. I feel like. Well, you said you're you said you're an East Coast kid. Are you whole life? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, I, I um, grew up in Jersey. Um, I did school briefly in like Virginia, um, and then ended up living in Philly for a couple of years, and then now I'm in um, Brooklyn. So pretty, I've moved around, but it's all East Coast. Man, how is Brooklyn right now? Um. Honestly, this week has been great because the weather is picking up. So mm -hmm. like this weekend I was walking around and it just felt like life was coming back, but it's been definitely like pretty, uh, desolate. I'm lucky I have like a small backyard and a couple of good roommates. So, um, it's been nice to at least have some people bopping around, but it's been yeah. pretty like how much to do. Yeah. So you got a house over there? Um, just like a, it, it's a apartment but it's like um it, no i don't have a house it's like a apartment but we have like two floors um and a small backyard it's in like a brown so it's called a gotcha. garden apartment yes. yeah so it's like the and bottom floor of a you know uh brownstone but okay not like not like a really nice brownstone like <laughs> a cheap bushwick brownstone <laughs> yeah sure not churching yeah. it up at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah. So grew up in Jersey, like, tell me, tell me about that. Because I, I, I've had a couple people on from Jersey this last week, but like, uh, I love New Jersey. I, I love, I, I love New Jersey, but I don't know what it would be like to grow up in New Jersey. It seems like a pretty aggressive place. <laughs> Definitely. You get a lot of personalities. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I love it. Like, uh, I think it depends where you're from in Jersey too. Like I was with a friend this weekend and we were debating whether where we're from was like North or central Jersey, which is like a big thing. Like in Jersey, if you're from North, it, you have like this one stereotype. If you're from central, which some people don't think is a real thing is like this other stereotype. And then you get South Jersey, which is a whole different world. Um, and it's funny cause you could tell the difference based on like what sports teams people like. So mm -hmm. like, mid and up it's like 
aggressive, you're basically like suburbs of New York. So you mm-hmm. get these very aggressive people who are rooting for the Yankees and the Mets and fighting over that and stuff. And then you like hit this place in South Jersey and everyone's just an Eagle fan. I don't know where that's relevant, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I loved it. I think you, you get, um, basically where I'm from, where we're from, uh, like Ryan is as well as essentially like a suburb of New York. And so you just get a really random mix of people. It's like mm-hmm. very diverse and, and, um, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say very, but it, it's like just a, you get a lot of characters and I think you get like a really interesting sense of the world. We don't have pretty things, but we have a lot of amazing people who have definitely stories to tell. If, if yeah. anything, that's a good way to, that's a good way to put it. Not having yeah. beautiful things, but you have beautiful people. Like exactly. that's yeah. what like, causes it. I think. Yeah, we definitely don't have like, like, um, I started, if you go up north of it, like obviously to like Vermont and Maine, I started when we were touring and started to travel up there. I was like mind blown that you could live somewhere so pretty because for us, it's just like turnpike factories and like, I don't know, even cities aren't that pretty. So it's like, maybe we get a nice like football field, you know, it's nice to look at a couple miles of woods in your town, but like it blew my mind when I realized that a lot of other places were just like beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it's so nice. You can just like live in nature. Like, which, you know, it's you, cause you're, are you from Alaska? I'm from as Alaska. Well? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get it. But like for us, it was like, we didn't have that. It was just all you had was the people, I guess. Oh, see, that's why the best music comes out of Jersey. There's yeah. no, like, you know, like, Alaska, you're just bored all the time unless you go out in the nature. But like if you're in town and just like skateboarding and growing up, like last thing you want to do is hop in the car and drive out somewhere. Like you want to go do something like you with people, yeah. and you know, Yeah. which is so funny because I, I regret all that time I wasted. I went snowboarding one time. I was there for 18 years. I went snowboarding one time, one time and when I was 17. <laughs> I guess you didn't like it. Huh? I wasn't any good at it. I, by no. the end of the day, my buddy's like, if you don't make it off the lift without falling down one more time, <laughs> I'm going to leave and go just off by myself. It's too embarrassing. Well, snowboarding's hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Without either. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, I wish I spent more time in Asia because I haven't been back since 2010. So, like, it's something <laughs> I definitely miss now. But then I was just, yeah. I just want to go skateboarding and play music. There's no venues. It's just like, oh, like, I couldn't take yeah. it. But, but do you, so you, you, I love you mentioned the turnpike too, because that's the, the, the weirdest McDonald's. Do you, are you vegetarian or like, not that matters, no. really, but like on tour, you would eat McDonald's probably, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the weird McDonald's? Like, I think that's where they test things out. Like we got a lobster sandwich in Jersey at a McDonald's oh. on the turnpike. It was disgusting, <laughs> but they were, it's like, that's like their test kitchen or something. Like. Everything's more expensive because it's the only place you can be off on without getting off the turnpike. Yeah. Such a weird experience. And everyone says awesome. That's one awesome. thing I noticed too. Awesome. Like we got out of the van and people were saying awesome. And I was like, what? Like, where did we With, get out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, um, it's funny you say awesome with the accent. Cause, um, like our high school mascot was a bulldog, right? Uh-huh. But on our, we would actually spell it B U L L D A W G. 
like <laughs> logs. logs. <laughs> like it was a freaking thing like that we like I, I look back at that i'm like why was that that was like you know when we were texting each other like yeah we're going to the bulldogs you know it's like you would spell it that way which is just like so bizarre <laughs> to me <laughs> like making fun of our I just see. I don't think we have a, an accent up there. We say snow machines instead of snowmobiles. People say snowmobiles, uh, you know, they're not from Alaska. And you say snow machine, they think a, like a snowblower. But in Alaska, okay. a snowmobile is a snow machine, and that's the only thing that's different. I think. Yeah, that's that's pretty. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't question that. I might be like, hmm, but it makes sense. <laughs> uh, when you were so when you were growing up in 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 Jersey, like. What did you, what were you into? Like, were you into music early or were you into like sports? Like, what was your thing when you were growing up? So I was kind of weird because I was, I was definitely into music, but I never thought I would perform. It was like something I did for myself. I was like always writing songs, but it was just like this secret thing I did for myself. And I never had any interest in like sharing that. Um, and I was pretty like, I was pretty into sports. I was, I played, um, I ended up playing like college basketball. So really, I was, yeah, that was like, I played for a year and then I quit cause I wanted to start a band, but like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like always playing sports, really active in that. And, um, it wasn't until senior year of high school, I sort of like dared myself to do the talent show and I did it. And then it was just like game over. Um, started doing a bunch of open mics and just was getting slowly more and more into that world. Um, and then by like sophomore year of college, it was like all I was doing and all I thought about Man. started. the. So you said the talent show, was it an original? Did you do an original? Yeah. How did that feel? Um, bizarre. It felt like this, I like, I look back and I'm like, what made me think that that was like, what made me think that I could just like, I don't know. Like who does that? I don't know. <laughs> it, it definitely, but, um, you know, I'm happy I did cause it ended up being this like life-changing moment. I just, you know, made a lot of friends that played music through that. Um, and my friends who like, were not a lot of my friends were like athletes and stuff too. And they were all so supportive. Um, I think it was a generally positive response, which is what made me want to keep doing it. And, mm -hmm. um, but, feel lucky for that and uh yeah I just for me music was always like about songwriting so covers um I wasn't I wasn't like at home practicing covers I was writing songs so if I was gonna do it that was all I knew how to do I guess mm -hmm. yeah man so so how was how was your relationship with like your folks and your family and stuff did you have a good a good home life yeah. Yeah. Great. I have like small family, um, just my parents and I have a younger brother who's like six years younger. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was always really close to them. They've always been like super su supportive. Um, my dad was who like got me into music. He was, uh, he was in like cover bands when he was in high school. And, um, he was like the person that taught me about songs and like songwriting. I came to him probably in like, I don't know, like second grade, just like excited um, about like, you know, when little kids are like, Hey, I wrote a song or like, I made up this song, mom and dad. And like, my dad just went like full monster mode and was like, he's like a total like Beatles geek, like totally classic rock fan. And yeah. he was just like me showing the slightest interest in this was just like, 
oh my gosh. And he like got so excited and he like sat me down at the computer and like typed out my lyrics and like taught me like what a verse and a chorus was. And my like little brain just exploded with like, this is cool. (laughs) Like (laughs) the fact that there's like patterns in songs that, you know, like to me at the time songs were these things I heard on the radio. And the fact that there was like, reasoning and like patterns behind that I was just like so fascinated and then it was just always this thing that I explored but again I I didn't really think I would ever do anything like that yeah see that's interesting that he would go like that's like what do they call the dance mom dance moms or whatever like where they're just all into it (laughs) I mean yeah like and my dad's like the most laid-back guy so by no means was he like instantly like a music dad like after that conversation I don't think we talked about songwriting until I started performing like he was totally just dropped it after that it was just the spur thing where I think um, we've talked about it since and he just said, he's like, I was just so excited that you were interested in something that I was interested in. And just like, he's like, you weren't like looking away. He's like, you just kept asking more questions. So I just figured I'd keep showing you everything, you know, yeah. like it was like, just probably taught me everything he could possibly teach me in that moment about songwriting without even really realizing it. So that's wild. I'm, I'm stoked. You remember that. Like, that's a good memory to have. And like the, all that just settled in there. It seemed like, like, like uh, just kind of marinated for a long time, you know, like those sense memories from early on. And then those actual memories, like everything just like compounds into this awesome thing later down the line. That's awesome that he yeah. remembered it too. Like, you know, cause when you're an adult, you may not remember all those little moments you had with your kids, you know, like, but it's cool that he remembered that too is so well, you know? Yeah, he did. It was, it was funny. It was only like a year ago that we talked about it and mm. he was just like, Oh yeah. Like I do remember that. And he like was amazed by how much I remembered by, by it. And it's one of like, you know, my only childhood memories that really sticks out. So it's like, it is kind of weird and trippy. I feel like how the things we remember and how those are the things that like impact us, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. You think about Maybe. how many other things happened to you in your childhood, like, and that's one of just, the ones you remember it just stuck there. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he tried to teach me about math doing homework one night, but like, <laughs> that didn't stick. You know? Did he play, did he play sports? Like, did he get you into basketball as well? Or did you just pick um, that up in the neighborhood or what? He he was like, I mean, he was, he wasn't like a huge sports guy. He played, you know, a little baseball and stuff in high school, but sports, I think I just, um, I think I was like naturally good at when I was really young. And it okay. was just one of the, like, it just became my identity without even me like realizing it. Like it was like, um, I actually like, well, actually this is weird, but I like actually played tackle football when I was <laughs> really, really young. I, uh, yeah. I, it's been a life. Um, yeah, I, I played tackle football and that was the sport first sport that I really played. And I was just like, my parents were nice enough to not question it. I just, I think my mom like jokingly asked one day if I wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah. And then she was like, what? And then I, I just like, they were like, okay, this is wild, but they, they let me do it. And, and, um, I played up until like sixth grade and, um, I just loved it. Like I literally just loved it. And then from there, just like felt, uh, found basketball because it was like, I don't know, I guess it was the next, next, like exciting sport that like a girl could play. And I started Mm -hmm. making a lot of that and, um, yeah. Man, this is awesome. So like, so 
going back and we'll jump all over the place here because I'm just having all these thoughts in my head. But like, yeah, <laughs> do you remember this is going to be completely out of the way? But, but like, do you remember the first time you heard a band that didn't follow that formula of songwriting that you were taught and, and what Ooh. that did to you? Because that formula works in so many ways, like, but it's, you know, like the Beatles, of course, do it a lot, like all like oh, the yeah. classic rock stuff, like the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Like if you break down songwriting in a lot of sense, most songs follow that. If you want to get on the radio, if you want to have a hit single, like it follows like a formulaic kind of thing a lot of the time, but there's bands out there that push that boundary. Just, yeah. And I'm wondering what happened when you heard that for the first time, or if there was a band you remember hearing that, like, whoa, you can't do that. And then if you accepted it or pushed it away. I think it was probably, um, probably around middle school when I really started listening to like Queen for the first time. Okay. And just like the first time as a middle schooler that you hear, it's so classic, but everyone has that moment where they like process Bohemian Rhapsody and just being, this is, you know, I, I don't know exactly how long it is, but just, I remember seeing like friends of mine in the school hallway, just belting it the whole song like word for word and just being mind blown that like that is insane that we all know the words to this song that is whatever minutes long and everyone in this hallway is just like screaming it with like like tons of excitement like it's just like I don't know so that definitely flipped things where it was just like whoa what does if that can exist like what else can exist and yeah yeah that's yeah. a great example that's i think it's six and a half minutes or something like that like it's crazy all and the rules then like the label didn't want to put it out and they're like well yeah this was happening yeah it, it just all the rules but it's cool have you watched that movie the the uh okay yeah i had tears in my eyes when that when he's just playing that like it's just so amazing when they go back and forth like the watching the actual performance at live aid like just seeing everything that went into that is it's yeah. mind blowing. Like just to be there would be incredible and we'll never ever see it live, you know, without the other, that American Idol kid singing, you know, like, yeah, Fred, yeah. Freddie's gone. Have you listened to his, uh, isolated vocal tracks on YouTube? Um, no, but a long time ago I did hear an isolated track of like him and Bowie, mm-hmm. like singing, like remember reading it on like NME or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember the article just saying like, talking about like their star power. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? And then I listened to the track and I was just like chills, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Oh God. I love listening and, to those. Are you saying there's isolated tracks of like everything? Other- like what? Freddie singing everything. And it's just like, like somebody to love or whatever. Like it's just, you can hear uh, him breathing. You can hear him like, uh, it's just him. Like it's literally just him on tape. They cut everything else out. You can hear a little bit of drums or whatever in his headphones, but it like bleed through or whatever. But it's wow. fascinating. Like you'd play that and you're like, there's no one that sings like that. There's just not, there's just not. No. I don't know how much of it's attributed. They said to his palate, uh, the way his, his palate was like, how that contributed to his range. I don't understand that because it's coming from the voice. Like I could see the enunciation, but I couldn't see like you going to a different range because of how your mouth shaped, but there's no one that sounds like that. It's incredible. Yeah. You have to check it out. You'll go down a rabbit hole. There's tons of them. Like 
Okay. It's incredible. If you promise Portlandia, I will go down that rabbit okay. hole. Perfect. Thanks, Freddie. Welcome. That's a good trade off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, talent show. You play an original at the talent show. That's like playing an original on America's Got Talent. Like, everyone's like, oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, why, why is that though? Like why is it because they can't gauge your talent without knowing what someone else did at first? Like, why yeah. is that such a weird thing? I think, I think maybe because the shows are geared more towards like vocalists than mm-hmm. they are really, you know, songs are so like objective, really. Is that, I was subjective. Mixed up, ob- subjective. Oh, subjective. Yeah. It's, like they, they really are so catered to taste and like, you know, a great song is a great song. And that's like a great song for me is like, I, I really admire songs that can like, are just whatever they have is that thing that just can reach so many people or just instantly there's a lot of different people that relate to it. But most people like have very specific taste and like, I don't know. It'll depend on what genre you play it or or how fast you play a song that's going to get someone's attention. So we're like vocals, like there's still variations, but on a show like that, they can really judge like what's a good vocalist and what's not. It's a lot harder I think to judge what's it. I don't know. Maybe not. I guess it's, I don't know. That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, Really, I had thought I had it there, and then I was like, actually, who the heck knows? I don't know. It's weird, man. Like, I because when you see someone come out and blow people away with an original, like they legitimately blew people away, versus when someone blows someone away singing someone else's song. Uh, yeah. You know, because they're immediately comparing it to the person they sing a JLo song or something. They're comparing comparing that person's voice to JLo's voice. Which who knows how much of it's real? No, no disrespect to JLo, but who knows how much of that is 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 real on the record? But that's what they're comparing it to. So when they go and soar through that song, they're like, "Whoa, this person's amazing!" But maybe they can't write anything to save their life. You know? Yeah, I think you get a lot of um, that show. The Voice. My parents like love that show, and they're always like, "But there hasn't really been anyone I." maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't really like super keep up with this, but there hasn't really been anyone from the voice like American Idol. The first couple seasons you had like Kelly Clarkson and these like huge names come out of it. And the voice, like I feel like has and had, they've had amazing singers. Like I'll watch that show with my parents and just be like jaw dropped that there's so many people that can sing so good. It's mm-hmm. like really incredible to see. And, and it's amazing to watch them. And, um, but yeah, I just feel like they haven't had like, um, people really break out yet off of that show at least as far as i know and like you have to wonder is it because like you know they if they can't if they're not providing their own songs it's a lot harder to find the right teams to like get the right songs to them or to know what type of songs for them to sing yeah if they're just singing other songs and not always thinking about like what songs they want to sing i guess exactly yeah it's it it makes sense and i mean like the voice in particular, my friend uh, uh, Dia Frampton, she she was on The Voice, like season two, I want to say. She's from that band Megan Dia, and they were all over MTV, TRL, oh, yeah. and everything else. Oh, yeah. And then she went and did The Voice. So it's kind of like Last Comic Standing, where the comedians have records out already, but they're going on there to compete for this big deal or whatever, but they're yeah. on TV already. It's yeah. weird. 
Like, yeah. Whereas the other ones, like people are waiting, oh, I've been, you know, waiting tables and like sleeping on the street to get into this. But other people are like, I'm in an established band, but taking it Already. to another, it's weird. Yeah. And they still like, either won't win or, or they'll do well, but not quite finish or I don't, it's weird. It's, but it's almost like for your friend, like, was that, I'm sure that was like really beneficial. Like, it's almost like if you're going to do one of those shows, it's, it's better to like already have that established band or at least mm-hmm. a band that doing your writing songs thing. And then it's like, you can use that show as leverage or hopefully building a base or something like that. Yeah. Like, if you can go on national TV every week. It's huge. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's just crazy that it's, I guess the weird part is that the show lets people come on that are somewhat established already. You know what I mean? Like the voice of course is, a little bit different, but like last comic standing, like, all right, you got three records out, man. I think you're doing okay. Like <laughs> you don't need yeah, to yeah, do yeah. this, <laughs> Yeah, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother realm. But so you played, you played one year of college basketball. Yeah. What, what school? Um, Marymount university, just like a D three school in okay. Northern Virginia. Um, that was cool. Um, yeah. But then you dropped, you dropped out of college or just stopped playing basketball to, just- to- I just, yeah, just okay. basketball. So you, you <laughs> finished college then? Yeah. Okay. And so where you were doing open mics and stuff at that point throughout college. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze, and you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid, and I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, timeline always gets a little blurry <laughs> now, but, uh, yeah, so I played, I went to, for, I went to Marymount for like one year. Um, I played a full basketball season, and like when you play any level of college sports, like that's all you can do. So mm-hmm. that was basically what I was here. We had like a great season; it was awesome. But I just realized it wasn't what I wanted, and I was getting more and more curious about music, and still meeting friends that were in music, and just realizing like that's what I want to do. And um, so I stayed at that school sophomore year, but was realizing that like, it wasn't where I wanted to go finish school or even go to school. Um, cause I think I chose it mostly for basketball and like mm-hmm. for their basketball. Um, and it was around then that I went home and on like winter break or summer break after that year, one of like the school breaks I met, um, eventually like the, the Vaughn, camp like we we sort of all got linked up in one of those just like it was like one of those weird things we, I was at a friend's house and um it was this kid Chris a friend of ours he like was totally a dude and he's like 
we were passing guitars around and like hanging out. And then he's like, yeah, I, I'm starting a band. Like you, you want to come to our like practice spot tomorrow? Like it was just like, he, so nonchalantly, but he's like, yeah, you should come like to the jam spot. And I'm like, what the hell is a jam spot? Like what is, <laughs> and it was fun. It's like I was coming from like open mics and like songwriters where it's all just like heady and it's like you have an acoustic guitar and you're just like geeking out about lyrics and like everyone's trying to like one up each other with a metaphor. And then I got invited and I walk into the, like it ended up being um, Ryan, uh, our drummer's like parents garage. And I walk in the next day and it's just like a bunch of it's like four or five sweaty dudes just like shredding on like um <laughs> like it was like the psycho killer baseline and it was just people passing around solos and like ripping and like i was just mind blown like i had never seen anything like that um and i was starting to listen to like a lot of um i'd always listen to rock but i was at the time i'd, I'd gotten really into like alabama shakes mm -hmm. and um Brittany howard and you know, I wanted to like move over to the electric. So when I walked in and saw that, I was just like, whoa, like this is wild. This is happening in my hometown. Like this is exactly where I want to be. <laughs> the jam spot. I love it. The, so you'd not played electric before that? Very briefly. Like um, we had them in our house. Um, my dad had like a, a Les Paul, like, nonetheless and i so i rolled in that day with that and all these guys were like who the hell is this like you know just coming with like and i didn't know like i didn't know you know my dad had told me but like you know when your parent tells you like something like oh that's a really cool guitar i'm like i didn't believe them yeah until i like then all these guys were like geeking out and they just were like who the hell is this girl walking in with the last Paul? <laughs> I couldn't really play it. But yeah, what were they playing? <laughs> um, I don't even I don't remember. Probably like I think uh I think like a strat. Someone had like the the like epiphone Les Paul and then, you know, yeah. uh, I don't remember what the bass was, but yeah. Child's play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before before jobs and money and and or yeah. a successful band and an endorsement. <laughs> so you waltz in there with a Les Paul Gibson Les Paul can uh, can't really play it. Uh, you can play it, but not really play it. Like you can't shred. Yeah, no. Did you just plug in and go? Did you just jump right in? Um, we were talking about. I was talking about this with like Ryan the other day. We were trying to remember like how this all went down, but I think it was like we were kind of taking turns and like. So I came in. They were shredding, and I was like, "This is." wild like y'all are so good this is amazing and then i think they were like kind enough to be like yeah like well what do you do like what can you do and i just did my thing i played a an original mm -hmm. and um what was really cool is that was like the first time i ever played with a band and ryan jumped right in with like a steady like beat and um the bass player tom was like totally on it very quickly picked it right up and it was like you know simple like three chord song so it was anything crazy but mm -hmm. um for me then like being so new to that it blew my mind that i just met these guys that i could play a song for 30 seconds and they'd hop in and play and i was pretty much like whoa like these are the people i need to be around because they're you know it, that was the first time i heard one of my songs like played with a full band mm -hmm. and i was 
wow, this is a whole nother level. And I got really excited. And I think I basically like looked at Ryan and was like, you want to start a band? Like, let's do this. And he was like, yeah. And then, um, and then it took convincing, you know, yeah. for the other. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll start a band. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So how, like from then and there, that was the band like that, that's the origin of the, of the Vons. Um, so that, I think that was like winter break or something. And I think we all started talking like that group, um, Chris, Ryan, um, and like the other guys, Tom and Dave, we all just started like, I think keeping in touch, we all went back to school. So it, it took a couple months, but I think the, the planted seed of like, we all were kind of maybe going to do this or maybe explore this. So then it was like months went by the next school break, we all got together again. And then I think that was when it really started. We started just writing songs and jamming more. And it's like hanging out every day on the winter break. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much after like that break, I feel like we just wanted to play shows. Like all of us day one just wanted to play shows. That was like our MO. And um, I think Ryan or someone like hooked us up and got us a gig at like this local bar and we like did it. And then we all were just like obsessed, loved it. And then, and then I went back to school and then it was like this weird semester where I like, um, I was trying to transfer like to go to a school closer to home, but I was still going to school in Virginia, but I'd like come home on weekends, like literally just to play our local dive bar. <laughs> like I was just like so excited by this new thing in my life that I was like coming home as much as possible, like as much as I could save up money to get on a train to come home to play a show. And then I, I, um, by that summer had like, set up to transfer in the fall and then we just played as many shows as we could wow so this this was the bonds then like this was this the bonds yeah where did the name come from this is a typical question i guess i've never really asked that but i'm curious on this one because it's it's not like it's a strange name or anything but it's just like it's a name so like where did that come from because it's like you know like vaughn i know so many people's last name is vaughn your last name is not vaughn right like it's so like, yeah. that's, that's why I'm curious. <laughs> no, I guess it's kind of weird <laughs> to think about it, but, um, it was like around that time we like had one of our shows and, you know, we were like, Oh, we like need a name. Like it, it, maybe it was our first show. We were like, we need a name to, to be on this bill. And, um, we had brainstormed for like hours. No one could agree on anything. We couldn't come up with anything. And Ryan had thought of, Vaughn originally he was thinking like said something like how about like um the band Farouk Assault you know yeah. was mm-hmm. band I love and, and he was like what if we did something like that and it was Veronica Vaughn from Billy Madison mm-hmm. which is that horrible sexist line about, it is like, terrible <laughs> and um he's like how about that and all of us were like no like absolutely not and he's like yeah you're right and then we all just started sitting there and it was kind of like, well, but there is like, you know, there's Vince Vaughn and then there's Sarah Vaughn and then there's Mo Vaughn, who was a baseball player at the school that a lot of us went to, went on to be like a Red Sox and stuff. And then, um, and then we're like Stevie Ray Vaughn. We just started naming all these like popular Vaughns in pop in American pop culture specifically. Yeah. 
we're like, huh, like that's kind of, there's a lot of those and like, that's kind of neat. So what if we just did the bonds and uh, yeah. And then it stuck. Interesting. Yeah. That, that <laughs> Billy Madison could not come out today. No, it would be no. canceled. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So many. Oh, yeah. I, I remember exactly what you're talking about too. The second you said that, I was just like, Oh no. Uh, so uh, do you remember some of the, the aside from, uh, from that name, do you remember some of the ones that didn't make it? Like the ones that stand out that didn't make, it? I love, I love when these ones come out because um, they're the best. I don't know if you remember them or not, but I, I love it. There is one that was shampoo, the beard, shampoo, the beard, <laughs> Which we nixed because we said it sounded too much like it should be like a metal band's name. And we were yeah. like, we can't, people, like, it wasn't, I don't know. We didn't feel right. I felt like that's like, should be someone metal band down the road. <laughs> Shampoo the beard. Yeah. Man. Like, like wash your beard. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. I've, I did it this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did not think of a band, but like that, that's funny. That seems like a band that would tour with like Cage the Elephant or, or, uh. Yeah. The Flaming yeah. Lips or something, like a, a Coachella band. Like, oh, dude, Shampoo the Beard. Yeah, yeah I did already. No, no, they're playing today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah. how did you guys, how long was it then until you got hooked up with EBR? Long time. Long time. Um, it's like, what are we talking here, timeline for this, where we're at now? Because. Good five, six years. Like, wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, look. You know, it's funny, like when we started, none of us knew anything. <laughs> like yeah. I look back, we were not a band that like started and had the vision and the plan. Like we were a bunch of kids that met up in a garage and that is, and we just started doing it. And we just, um, we just started playing everywhere we could in New Jersey. And it's like, it's just kind of always grown. And it's just like the next steps have always happened. And at first we were just playing dive bars and then um eventually we found um Rutgers University as like a pretty historic like punk DIY basement scene mm -hmm. um which was like the first game changer for us when we discovered that and started going to shows and then met enough people to play those shows and just found this community of like kids our age who just freaking wanted to scream and yell your lyrics in a basement and jump up and down and just enjoy each other's music like that was that was like life-changing you know and um we got really into that and it was so we were all still in college but we were basically playing like every week we would practice multiple times a week and we would play shows like two at least once if not two or three times a week like we'd be playing thursday through friday or sorry thursday through like saturday in new brunswick and um just any basement we could, we would get, we would get into. And then, yeah, we just did that for like years and then started, got to a point where we played like every venue in Jersey pretty much. And, um, I don't think the, the next big change happened until we like got our first managers and they pushed us to tour. And then we started touring. Uh, and we had like released a couple small EPs. Um, but then in 2019, we put out like a self-released LP, um, and that was basically like the touring off of that. We were able to land an audio tree and that was how we got hooked up with uh, equal vision. Okay. And that's how you met Steph then, or did you meet Steph first? Uh, yeah. So okay. like going 
AIM staff basically got like a PSA from like our PR or something about our audio tree. And I think our name caught her attention because mm-hmm. that's <laughs> yes. Like, like this story really, it's like we've had, you know, interviews the last couple of months. And it's like, as I'm telling this stuff, I'm like, this is just so ridiculous. Like it sounds like a freaking movie, like, but I don't know. Can't complain. I'll take what we can get. So yeah, I think brought staff's attention simply on our silly little name and um but then she watched the audio tree and i guess liked it enough to come see us play live and uh and then yeah and then um they came to see us play live a couple of times and then and then yeah i think they i guess they made an offer <laughs> nice. that's yeah. fantastic i love i love uh equal vision of course but uh for over 20 years like just the everything just they're always tied to something that I'm either listening to or into until now we're both on equal vision. So it's, it's, uh, kind of surreal. It's, it's something that I never thought would happen, but uh, cause we, we turned them down actually for a deal back in 2002 and went no with fearless way. records, which was the worst mistake of our life. Not anything against fearless, but just Dan at EVR has been supportive of everything I've ever done. Even that he'd be at every show even though we yeah. turned him down, like he came to every show for the rest of the time up until, you know, flying out here to see a band and coming and doing the podcast. Like every, he's supportive of everything we've ever done. Like, I don't even have a number for anyone at fearless anymore. Like, um, and so like, it's, it's one of the biggest like regrets of my life was turning them down then, but now it's like come full circle. But, uh, yeah. I love that, that there's just such a diverse, um, lineup still like the 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 music that's coming out on evr is insane like it's all over the map i brought them that band uh glacier veins uh and like you gotta you gotta do something with these guys like that it's awesome and and he passed it around the room and there you have it like it's 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 so crazy how things can work in the world like you just give it time and absolutely it'll it'll work out we always talk about putting it in the universe. Like, let's put that out in the universe and see what comes back. See and what it really happens. works. Yeah. It really does. I, yeah. I love that. I, I agree. Like, we have have felt so lucky to have found Equal Vision and for them to have found us. Like, it really just feels so far like the right fit for mm-hmm. us. And we just, you know, uh, we've always just been trying to grow this as big as we can and enjoy the journey. And, like... Um, I just, I think our roots like come in just from not having a clue. And also like, you know, when we found basements and started to build a community, the vibe I got from equal vision was very much just like this very supportive community, a place where like we could grow and like would get the opportunity to learn from their experience, like as much as we could. And also just have time to develop more as an artist and, you know, at the very least be able to make another record and like, see what I learned from that. So, and so far they've just been so kind and so on top of things and so supportive that like, I I'm so excited and grateful to, to be here for sure. And get to meet people like you who have known them for that long. (laughs) Be saying this, such a good indicator, you know? Sure. Well, likewise, and meeting you too this way, like it's, it's something like most of the bands on equal vision that have built equal vision started playing basements and, VFW halls and we've played VFW halls and basements with uh, so many Equal Vision bands 
And it was yeah. always this family feel. I mean, Equivision yeah. worked out of a barn for for years. Like that was the office. Was it barn? And no. it's just grown and grown and grown. And you can, I mean, the world's your oyster. You can stay yeah. and and grow there. You can move on and get. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do, and they'll support you. You know, they'll always fight for you. And it's just it's something you don't see very often anymore. Yeah. You know, um, it's just a it's a good place. It's a good place to be. Like, and so when you get you guys self released an LP. When you came so so uh rom coms and, and takeout, that is is that your first release on EVR proper? Yes. Okay. That's where I was confused. I wasn't sure what if it was just this first release or if there was others. Um that's- tell me about this because tell me about this release because uh that's the whole that's the whole point of the show is getting the word that's out. Fine. You know what I mean? Like we talk about all yeah. kinds of things, but you know, people want to know more about this release. Sure. Yeah. Um yeah, it was, it was definitely a special release for us, not only for being our first with rom-coms, but um, basically like right before we officially signed and all that, and that whole period of even getting the offer for us was this whole transition. And um, like, so it was, you know, I told you in the start, it was like me and um, a bunch of other guys. And mm-hmm. it was basically four of us for like the six years or whatever. And then, it was after that self-release and after we started touring more and it was like, even though these amazing things were happening, it, it ended up that like the other guys in the band just weren't for a lot of personal reasons. Like they had no interest <laughs> in continuing. And, um, okay. I totally get, it. um, but it made a really hard call to like, now we had this offer on the table and half the band didn't want to go on. And, Ryan and I were like so unsure of what that was going to look like or what that was going to be. But, um, we ended up just being like, you know, we've worked so hard to get here. And I I felt like I would regret it or question it if I didn't at least like take this chance and like see what we could still do. And it felt like it was still an opportunity for the bonds. So I, I just felt like it had to continue in that way. And like, um, we went for it and, um, Like, so rom-coms was really weird because not only was it our first thing we were going to record being signed, but it was a a completely different, like it was the system that we had had for writing songs to get here was completely gone. It was um, a completely different feel. And it was like, oh gosh, like what, what do we even do? What does this look like? And, um, I don't know. It, it ended up just, I personally went through a breakup at the same time of all that. Um, I went through like a breakup with someone I was with for like three years, like had a dog with, had an apartment with, um, mm. also because touring was detrimental to that. So yeah. it was just in this place where I'd sort of like, I don't know. I felt like I doubled down on music, but, um, was also really emotionally, um, going through it. And like, it was, I don't know. I wasn't thinking a lot about like what the band is going to sound like or anything like that. It's just sort of like these songs just kind of happened. And, um, I think we were working on a bunch of songs, but Ryan and I just felt like these three had like a vibe and early on just were kind of like, felt like it told this story. And we just decided that those were the three we wanted to lock in on. Um, and we, we just felt like there was like a concept there <laughs> for as little as <laughs> the three song EP a concept can be. We just felt like it had this vibe and we just followed it. And, um, and then it was crazy because 
um, we basically like signed in January of, or like by the time the deal was all worked out, it was like January, 2020, mm-hmm. we're like setting up to do this EP and then the world shuts down. Mm. <laughs> so it's just been like such a mind trip and, um, yeah. And, um, we, but the cool thing was we were both working from home all of a sudden and had a lot of extra time. And, um, I work in like concert promotion during the day. So my industry was like gone Jesus. And, <laughs> I had all this free time and, wow. um, ended up hanging at Ryan's and annoying him and his fiance, but we just hammered out the songs. And I think it was cool because we were learning how to write in this new way. He's a drummer and I'm a vocalist and like a guitarist and songwriter. So like sometimes our communication are two very different lang- like music languages that we speak. But I feel like in this time, the last year, we've like, I don't know, we've really like learned, I think a lot from each other mm-hmm. and how we both music. And it's allowed us to kind of hit this new stride and in, in writing songs. And we really pushed and he contributed like so much to writing these songs and we were lucky enough to still be able to record them this summer and get it out. And uh, that's it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. The timing was just horrible, but the, of course, is Hard. there a good time for the world to end? I probably not. It's probably going to inconvenience yeah. a couple industries, you know? Yeah. So it's funny to even think about saying it like that, I guess, but uh, no, that's a fantastic, fantastic um, story. Like I, I, I love how you just kind of like discovered these things, like stumbled into these situations and it's blossomed into this whole thing. It's, it's incredible, but yeah, Anna, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is, this is yeah. awesome. I've, and thanks for doing it late at night <laughs> and oh, yeah, uh, accommodating that. But um, yeah, I'm just stoked for, for what's going on. I mean, hopefully shows come back so we can get some stuff going on, but that's not going to hinder your songwriting. It's not going to hinder putting out music, you know? Um, no, but hopefully a lot of people are going to check out the band that haven't heard the band before and, uh, get some stuff going. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, absolutely. You're welcome back anytime, but, uh, I'll be in touch soon with you and Steph and we'll get everything worked out with episode images and when it's coming out and very cool. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Take care. Bye. Get home. Bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Anna Lies from the Vons. They're a new signed Equal Vision Records. They're a fantastic band. Go check them out. Uh, they're on all the socials. Anna's on all the socials. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this chat as much as I did. So uh, thanks to Steph at EVR for setting this up. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening and coming back week after week, supporting the show. Um, keep those reviews coming keep the the subscriptions coming the premium subscriptions coming once again that is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm if you want to sign up for that and you get access to everything right away it's the it's to me it's the only way to go because you get everything and you can watch it or listen to it whatever in your own pace but you have it all available to you not just as fast as i can get it out to you on a regular release um and then there's an ad free feed too which is awesome you don't have to listen to any of the ads of me rambling on about whatever we're advertising. So as you know, I won't advertise things that I don't either use or believe in, but it is always nice to not have to skip those if you are skipping them anyway. So um, yeah, I mean, tell a friend about the show, tell five friends about the show, go review the show on Apple Podcasts. Unfortunately, Spotify is like 30% of our listenership and they do not allow you to review or rate shows. So 
that part sucks hopefully it'll change but if you do have access to apple podcasts shoot us a review on there would love to see that uh, hit me up with an email if you've got guest ideas anything like that um, but man we're firing on all cylinders guys we got you know another week next week of two episodes some really big ones and uh, I'm stoked to bring those to you uh, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time but it's something I love doing and I love the feedback from you guys so as long as you guys keep supporting this show uh, you know I'll keep doing it because I, I really do enjoy it so hit the premium hit the Facebook group and as always we'll see you on the radio With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.